You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight I am joined by Chris and Ray. How are y'all doing? Good. How are you? Excellent. <laughs> doing good. It's been, uh, been a month since we've done the last episode. Um, so how have y'all been? Anything anything of interest been going on since the last time we convened, at least for this show? Still winter. Yeah, it's still winter. We it got snowed a, more. So we we in the last we figured seventy two hours we got about a foot and a half, couple feet, two feet of snow. Yeah, it's not fun. That being said, we are getting close to the end. Yes, spring and, soon. And we get ready for the absolute stupidity that is daylight savings time. <laughs> why did you have to remind me of daylight sorry <laughs> i mm, yeah um that's one of the few things that our current president had talked about possibly trying to do away with of course no other comment has come up about that and it was one of the few things i'm like okay yes absolutely i'm 100 percent behind you on that one yeah. so um anyway, i'm so- on spring break and a about to start redoing floors. Yay. Mm, I yay. I can't wait to see how they turn out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're, um, that's kind of what's been going on. I've been working on a new uh, proton pack, 3d printing a proton pack and um, reading. Well, actually going back and rereading quite a few books, but we'll talk about that at the end. Um, this is our book club meeting for February. <clears throat> and we decided that, um, since it is February and it's, you know, mostly known for uh, uh, Valentine's Day, uh, that we would do a book talking about, I guess you could say romance. Um, it is and it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this month's book, we because we talked about do, talk, doing this book uh, several, like, you know, like half a year ago, so ago. In fact, we may have brought it up when we were talking. In fact, I think we did. We talked about it on our last February's episode where we, I think we did, that's when we did uh, Aziz Ansari's book. Yeah, yeah, Modern Romance. Modern Romance. And we, and he references this book and, and uh, Lainey and I had brought it up, we had both read it and we're like, oh yeah, we need to read that for the, for the club. I think y'all will enjoy it. So, uh, so that's what we read this month. This month's book is Mating in Captivity, <clears throat> sorry, Mating in Captivity by uh, Esther Perel. She has a podcast out uh, where it's just like little snippets of her uh, some of her interviews and stuff with some of the couples. So if you find this book uh, really interesting, you mm-hmm. might check out the podcast as well. That would be, so. interesting. That would yeah. be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's done in seasons though. So like you get so many episodes for so long and then nothing for like, a <laughs> long time. Uh, actually they just put out the, the teaser for season three that's coming up. So, and it sounds like they're going to be doing a little bit longer study with some of the people that they talk to. So, okay, cool. Uh, but, um, so yeah, so like I said, this book is meeting in captivity, uh, by Esther Perel. Um, the focus of this book is, well, no, I don't want to say the, the focus of the book, but the book is her, Thoughts, ideas, uh, um, things that she's seen. She is a licensed psychiatrist, uh, mainly doing couples and, and, and sex therapy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's the things that she's, you know, thought and, and, and gathered over her sessions 
you know, within the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we normally do, what were your overall thoughts of the book? I, I, I was very intrigued, uh, very interested, um, having, so, I mean, Chris and I don't have the, a typical relationship in the way that we've been together since high school. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we've been able to grow with each other and, yeah. and, uh, that's been obviously very helpful, uh, watching other family members and other friends and, uh, kind of go through relationships as adults, uh, as adults it, it was very interesting to listen to this book and then kind of connect similar things in their lives that uh, probably caused either their breakups or, or other things. So overall, I think uh, it's a really interesting take on what relationships are nowadays and and kind of how um, the, the complexities of what, what it is. Uh, more based on our society than it is on anything else. And I, I think that was pretty interesting. So that's just, yeah. Was your jetpack taking off there? Or? Oh, yes. That's the yeah, dehumidifier. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what were your overall thoughts, Chris? I really liked it. Uh, she uh, did the audiobook, so she narrates it. And she's from Belgium, so she does have that. French very she it's not I wouldn't say a thick not accent French, but yeah it is it is it's a it's French yeah I know it's not France French but it's French no. yeah. um accent so it was a little took a little bit getting used to to listen to her voice because she because English is not her first language she wants to articulate everything well she speaks a little mm-hmm. bit slower but it's nice it felt like I was watching a very long TED talk yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what I can see that completely yeah, yeah. Yeah. So with this book, I think if you if you've already read relationship books or things that deal with intimacy and sex and stuff, you're already comfortable either reading or hearing um, sexual terms. Like I don't know how many times she said penis and sex and vagina. Like all. So if you're you have to be comfortable reading and hearing those terms, right? So completely agree with that. Yeah. Because it's it's a frank. Very. She's very frank. She's not um, crude or rude or or um anything like that it's or judgmental or judgmental or judge and I, that's oh. one of the things i love about the book like yeah. you said it's she you you know she does use multiple terms for different yes. things like she doesn't doesn't use penis she uses lots of different words for it same thing for every yeah. all the other body parts and all of the other but it, but you're right it's never judgmental which no. i i liked i yeah. really appreciated that from her because she totally came from a pa- a place of fascination yes mm-hmm. Right. Like you could tell that she was just she really is fascinated by humans and their relationships and comes from a place of that. So she doesn't while she's having these sessions with these couples, she's not judging them. She just wants to. okay, so you're having this issue and you're having this issue. What can we do to bring it to a solution? And there was genuine concern to make sure that there was a solution for everybody. That's what I I liked about her as well, is that she did have a concern for everybody's well-being. Yeah. So. That was kind of cool. It was the most neutral yes. book I've ever read. Like there was, she so non-judgmental, just, just wants to find a solution for the people. And regardless of whatever's going on her head about like, oh God. Her own belief systems own belief are system out the window, right? Like does not even come across. Doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. So I really, I really, really did like it. And the people that she chose to use in the book are really interesting and mm-hmm. fascinating. And it covers everything. Yes. Yes. Wide range of, yeah, (laughs) a wide range of relationships and people. Yeah. 
and the fact that uh, yeah so i mean obviously i i really enjoyed it which is why one of the reasons i you know uh, recommended that we read the book mm-hmm. um obviously it's i i think everything you just said is are all reasons why she's probably one of the top if not the top person in in her field because mm-hmm. like you said it's what is what's going on let's yeah. find out what's what's really causing the issue not you know what just the overlying issue mm-hmm. is uh and no non-judgmental it's like okay well okay that's how you feel but and then let's start digging yes. so but willing to admit it, mistakes as well and she really will get into it but mm-hmm. sorry, apparently i stepped on the dog uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she's like willing to it. yeah <laughs> She's she's willing to admit those mistakes as well, where she she came across a solution that she thought would work, and when it turned out and it kind of backfires in her face, she's like, okay, I went wrong here, but why don't we work on something else and try yeah. to figure something else out? So it was good that she's able to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the book starts off with uh, talking about the fact that most media focuses on the amount or frequency of sex. And her book, that you know, she specifically wrote this book to look at the underlying uh, issues. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, um, and, and I think she also has a very unique perspective in that, you know, she says um, she's, you know, multicultural. She didn't grow up in the U.S., so she has a, a different thought process and, and is able to stand back and look at uh, some of the stuff that, that – um, we kind of look at and you know in North America, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say y'all as well because oh, yeah, oh absolutely yeah because because I mean I, you know I, I get you know I, knowing y'all knowing you know other Canadians that I know uh, it's it, it's it's still this mentality of okay there's a problem we can fix it what are the steps to get there and that's one of the things that she addresses in the book she's like. This isn't like, you know, this isn't like anything else. This isn't like, oh, well, you know, my, my, you know, the carpet is bad. I need to redo the carpet. What are the steps to do this? It's like, it's, it's, it's love. It's sex. It's not going, there's not a simple plan. You can't attack it the same way you attack something else. Yeah. Yeah. Emotions just are totally a different beast when it comes to stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, well, the chat, first chapter is uh, why security saps erotic vitality, um, and it starts off with this woman that comes in. Uh, um, she comes in for a session, and she says, "You know, she's happy. She's married. Uh, she's in a safe marriage. She's had, you know, she's dated, you know, assholes before, but she she's found a great guy. He takes care of her. She feels safe. She feels happy, and she just cannot get butterflies anymore." And it starts talking about that, how um, being secure and being uh, erotically charged don't go together normally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I understand, you know, I can see that because it's one of those things you look back at when you first started dating, when you first were figuring out this other person, there was a lot of questions. Does this person really like me? You know, is this person going to stay with me? Is it, you know, all those all those thoughts and processes that go through your head. And, you know, there's a lot of sexual tension there and, uh-huh. you know, it, it feeds into the relationship. And as you get older and you, you know, grow together, you know, you don't have those questions. You don't constantly, hopefully you're not constantly questioning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's am not, I going to wake up tomorrow it, and she's going to be here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's not a great relationship. Then, no, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. And then, um, 
but it points out that you don't, and it it does it safely. I love the fact that it does this safely. Is that it's like you know she brings up the fact that um, do you really do you do you really know everything about your partner? Mm-hmm. In all honesty, yeah. And you know, every so often, Christy will say or do something, and I'm just like, that is yep. not how I would have expected you to think that. or feel about that. And it's yeah. it's cool. It's yeah, you know. So, you know, finding out something new about someone that, you know, even though you've spent 14, 17 years together, it's, it's nice. It's nice when it happens. I mean, it doesn't, obviously, when you think that long, it's, it doesn't happen very often. Um, But when it does, it's like, it's, it's nice. You know, it's like a pleasant, um, unless it's a terrible thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. So but, you're a cult member. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you're a raging you're a raging cult kid. Interesting. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a pleasant surprise when you find out something new about your partner that you've been together for, you know, a really long time or a decent amount of time. And I think it's the uh, it's the interactions with other people too that you, you start seeing because Chris always talks about how I've how I flirt with like cashiers and stuff like that at the grocery stores. Mm-hmm. I don't notice myself doing it. It's but cute. It's, I'm not jealous or anything. It's no, no, no. It's a, it's yeah. Anyway. So, um, and I think it's in those moments where you might see something that you didn't see before in, in, in the way of how they interact with other people. So, well, I mean, there's a, there's a specific chapter. I know it's later on in the book, but or there's a specific part where it talks about, um, uh, the couple is, uh, she just cannot, like, once they got together, she's just not sexually attracted to him anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, a, I guess he's, he's a musician. And she's like, whenever he's on stage, yes. I look at him like he's yeah. someone else and I'm yeah. totally turned on. But as soon as he gets, he gets home. home, it's like, meh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, And then she, and I like the suggestion there where it's like, then go backstage when you're in that moment yeah. and enjoy it rather than waiting for him to get home yeah. after yeah. he showered and it's all. Yeah. And all the, all that buzz is gone. Yeah. 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 So, so, um, so that was, that was chapter one. The second, the second chapter is, um, more intimacy, less sex. Um, Glove seeks closeness, but desire needs distance. Uh, some people don't share enough, and some people share too much. Yeah. And this is where we start getting into, um, this is where we start getting into some of the, you know, some of these interesting stories where you have couples that, um, ha- are not have not told each other, uh, you know, certain things about themselves, and you know, especially you know, kind of once it it. Uh, it starts to, you know, get deeper in the relationship or whatever. Um, and then you have other situations where like, you know, uh, in the couple, the, the man or the woman shares, you know, essentially too much Mm -hmm. and is like, well, this is what I'm really into. And if it's not what the other person is into, then it's like, it's, it's almost basically a deal breaker to some extent. So, um, there is a fine line. Like there's, you have to have open, open and honesty. Um, at least I find. Yes. Like there's an open and honest relationship that you need, but they, they don't have to have the running dialogue in your head either, right? Like, yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot to be said for you. Don't need to say every little thing that popped into your head. I don't need to know. You don't need to be narrating your life to me. Exactly. Yeah. 
that I could do without that. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you just, you know, don't want to tell everything. Not like big things. I mean, no. you know, I'm not keeping a secret bank account in the Caymans, but you know, it's like there's little it's not secret anymore. <laughs> but I'll find it. <laughs> you know, like what I did today. Like he'll like, how's your day? I'm like, good. I'm not gonna give him like a, a play rundown by of play. the whole thing. Exactly. What? And that, yeah, and you know, we're we're kind of teaching the boys that, and I think. It's funny. We we got started. We have family dinners, and so there's no technology. Yeah. And it's um, somehow or another the boys settled on the idea that the oldest slash biggest goes first. So, Daddy, Daddy, what did you do today? And I mean, yeah, some days my day varies, but most of my days I'm like, well, Daddy fixed some, some computers and sent some emails, and that's yeah. about it. And at first it was kind of bugging them, like, well, that's all you did. And now they're like. Oh, okay. So it was, it was a, it was a normal day. And so we try to understand and remember that when we're asking them, because you know, a lot of times you ask a kid, well, how was your day? And they'll be like, well, I didn't work at school. Well, what what kind of work did you do? And you know, it's, it's like, we have an advantage because, you know, being Christy works at the school, she knows a little bit more what's going on day to day with them. So it's sometimes we have to dig a little further for them to to bring up something interesting that happened. But otherwise it's like, okay, well you just, you just had a random random normal day. day. So yeah. Yeah. It's a good day. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I understand the whole, uh, you know, uh, distance thing, you know, you need, uh, and this kind of comes in later, but we'll we'll get to it then. There, so. Um, but yeah, just the people who are just like constantly, always together. Like, yeah. I know there are some people that that works for, but like Christy and I, and even me and the kids, and definitely Christy and the kids. It's like we've been in the house together for like three or four days now. I need a break. Yeah. 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 It, it it's really interesting <laughs> when you look like when we look back at the beginning of our relationship and everything. We we were always long distance. Yeah. Uh, and then in college, um, I had friends that were down in London, and I liked hanging out with them. And I still had my separate life that I would be hanging out with them. Uh, and then other weekends, I'd go up and visit with Chris and and mm-hmm. hang out with her. So. Um, we Which worked both... out because I had a very intensive college program, so yeah. a lot of the time I didn't have time. To hang, to hang out. out with you. Yeah. yeah, I didn't have a weekend to hang out. Yeah, so it was it was nice that we both allowed each other to have that space, mm-hmm. which you need. And, and, but we did it. We didn't know that that was needed at the time to build a relationship. Yeah, just we had to. It was that a necessity? It was. Yeah, yeah. It was like okay. Well, this is just what we're doing, and yeah. it it worked out in the way that we became our own people while still being in a relationship. Yeah. It's that whole adage, uh, distance make, uh, absence makes the heart go fonder. Yeah. Right. Like there needs to be a little bit. Yeah. Those, those couples who like Pam and Jim from the office. Yeah. I don't like, I I couldn't work with you. No, I know. I know a couple that they're on the same shift together. Like, uh, they just, they are constantly working together and I yeah. don't know, they drive in together, they drive home together, they are hanging out at home, they hang out with the same friends and it's like, I get that you like each other right now, but you need something separate yeah. because you need something that's yours and just yours mm-hmm. and it's something for, for you to enjoy. It's something that you can share a little bit with, but you still have to have that as your own yeah. and I think that's something that we've we both kind of figured out. Yeah, and we will definitely get into that. Um, definitely heavier here in a minute. Um, the third chapter, pitfalls of modern intimacy. Um, 
you, you, there's multiple avenues to being close. Uh, so like it brings up the fact that like um, doing nice things for the you know the other taking care of the other says a lot. Yeah. So and, and this is this is one of those things that um, I'm definitely that way. Like you know, yes, I'll, I'll buy flowers for Christy from time to time and, and mm-hmm. do stuff like that. But you know, I also look at it as you know, okay, well, if I'm doing this. Um, in the mornings, for example. So in the mornings, generally she makes the bed. Um, but, and, and I was taking the boys to school. Well, we've gotten to the point where the boys are getting up early enough that they can go to school with her. So I'm like, okay, well, she was still making the bed, but you know, if she's running behind, it's like, okay, I'll go ahead and make the bed and I'll go ahead and, and make her shake for lunch or, you know, for breakfast or whatever. And just, you know, try to pull a little extra weight so she can definitely get out on time. And that's how I do show, yeah. you know, affection. It, doing those little things means so much, right? Yes. Um, I, it was something that I never really <laughs> figured out. I, I always did little things, but it was different, right? Um, I didn't know that doing the dishes would be as powerful as it is. <laughs> <laughs> but in turn, I surprised you yesterday because I blew up the driveway. Yes, that was fun. It was Nice to come home and yes. not have to worry about the driveway. <laughs> right. Got to get this. And then when you pull into the driveway, it's like, oh, it's already done. Yes. Those are really nice things. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it said so much that the little things mean more mm-hmm. than the big gestures. But they really do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's um, uh, what's his name? I knew uh, you were going to quote him. Well, he yeah. he says it so well. Simon Sinek. Yes. Uh, he says it so well. He He's sitting down for an interview with a guy and he says, tell me the moment you, you loved your wife. When was it? What specific time? What specific day was it that you found out that you loved your wife? And he says, you can't nail it down. There's there's no specific time. It's a realization after, you know, if you, if, you know, you can go over, well, they made me lunch or they, you know, they, they cared for me when I was sick or they made sure that, you know, I was having a bad day. And when I got home, everything was taken care of. And they didn't have to worry about it. I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff because it was already done. When they when over it, uh, a long period of time, when you put in the, the efforts like that, that's when love can grow into a relationship. It's not an immediate thing. It's not. Yeah, love at first sight does not exist. No, you can have an infatuation. You can have this chemical. Holy shit! Like this person. Oh yeah. Whew, they they click all the buttons the right way, in a in a very sexual way, but it has nothing to do with love. No. Yep, nope, I agree. Um, let's see here. Um, all right, now so now we start getting into the uh, the more. Uh, <laughs> well, now we start getting into the sex. Democracy versus hot sex. Desire and equality don't play the same roles. Um, this is another interview she has. This woman comes in. She's the head of her household. Uh, basically, you know, she's the she's the one that makes all the decisions. You know, for the house. You know, probably budget. You know, when they're going to go eat with friends, this, that, and the other. Uh, she's, you know, a, a leader at work. She, you know, is, you know, ba- making a lot of decisions all day or whatever. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to the bedroom, she wants to be dominated. She wants to be yeah. submissive. Yeah. And, um, let's see here. Um, it's just, it, it's one of those things. And I completely understand that. Like, and, and it, and it talks about that also later in the book that it's like, you know, listen, how you act, Sex is one of those interesting things that 
can be completely opposite of everything else you do. Yeah. And like it says, the you know, the woman's like, I am a leader. Like I'm the one that's like, okay, I'm the one that plans the meals and does, you know, does the budget and this, that, and the other. And, you know, husband just, you know, not like he's, you know, she's bossing him around, but he's just like, okay, well, you're the, you're the head or whatever. And she's the same way at work. And she's like, I don't want, I don't, sex is not supposed to be a job. This, these are all jobs. I don't want to do my job in the bedroom. Yeah. And it's like, cool. Completely yeah. understand that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so what was interesting about that part too was, uh, wasn't that the conference where they, where she kind of spoke up and she was like, he's allowed to dominate, right? Like, there's, there's kind of a taboo. While she she wants to be submissive and he's taking advantage of that, and mm-hmm. like there's still that taboo where women can't be allowed to be. Um, submissive, be submissive or want to be submissive in a yeah. bedroom because oh hi that's not feminist and that's not well no if you're enjoying that who cares right like it's exactly mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I thought but, that was an interesting yeah but part. I can understand like at a certain point you're like I if I make another decision <laughs> yes. my head's gonna explode <laughs> yes I'm done. and Christy has had that before like she's yeah. come in she's like I've had a day just you make the decisions yeah and i'm like okay cool then this is what we're doing for dinner this is what we're doing or whatever and you know i completely understand that yeah yeah so because i was gonna the point i was gonna bring up for myself is like i tend (coughs) pardon me i tend not to automatically step into a leadership role unless no one else is willing to but that being said, like anytime I play a board game, I tend to kind of immediately jump into that role because it's yeah. not, it's not real. You know, it's like, okay, if I lead the group and we die, we lost the game, whatever. It's not like I'm leading a, you know, a group at work. And if we fail, we're going to get fired. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, <laughs> yes, yeah. this is a safe space. I can do this. And I <laughs> equated that to the same thing. Like she was, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Absolutely. um, and then, and then, like you said, power play is not demeaning. And, yeah. you know, and it, it talks about that. And she does talk about that conference where her and just a few other people, like she was the first one to speak up. She's like, you know, everyone in here is, is talking about, oh, well, you know, she's being demeaned or whatever. And she's like, has anyone thought about the the fantasy or erotic side to this? Like, if this she's is what in- turns her on, this is what turns her on. Who cares? She's being empowered. She's Exactly. Yeah. yeah, she's allowed to to enjoy this because she be, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right? No, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that was I was one of the chapters I I really liked. Like I said. Um. Oh, and then this is one of the things we brought up. Chapter five. Uh, can do Protestant work ethic on the degradation of desire. Um, and it says you know desire and romance is inherently costly time waste. Yep, because normally it's like, okay, time to wake up, mm-hmm. time to get up, go ahead and get dressed, or go ahead and start, you know, taking care of the stuff. Got to make the bed, got to feed the animals, got to sweep up the litter, got to make breakfast for the boys. And it's like, well, I can either do that or I can roll over and cuddle with my wife for however long. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nope, that's what I'm choosing to do. It's not, I'm not getting anything done, mm-hmm. I'm not progressing. But who cares? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, unless you just absolutely have to get those things done. But you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yep. Yeah. There's savor those moments that you that you're able to do those things, right? Like it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So that's one of the re- <coughs> pardon me. That's one of the reasons like Christy and I love the weekend so much because uh, even though recently I have to get up regardless about six o'clock to go feed the cats because Gracie will not shut up until she is fed. Uh, it's like okay, get up, let the dogs out, feed the cats. Hey boys, don't want some cereal? Pour them some cereal, make them cinnamon rolls or whatever, and then go lay back in bed. Yeah, yeah. and just yeah, and and relax and and cuddle and just yeah yeah i i do that sometimes at night i i we joke that there's daytime chris and nighttime chris yes so daytime chris is super productive whatever and and but then after dinner nighttime chris shows up and that's usually sort of when i do the dishes when nobody's gonna make any more dirty dishes and i can do them all but sometimes sometimes nighttime nighttime chris Chris doesn't want to do the dishes she doesn't and then (laughs) daytime chris curses her out but like nighttime chris you know what I'll do them tomorrow. They're still going to be there. It'll be Fuck fine. Fuck you, daytime Chris. You can do it. Yeah. I'm just done. I'm done. And it's nice. To, I mean, I don't do it all the time, but like every no. once in a while, you're know, like, nah. I'd rather just sit here or have a really great conversation with you or yeah. we're watching a show or a movie that we're really into. And I'd ra- I don't want to stop that to go do something that can be done later. Right. Like it doesn't, it's not imminent. Well, there, there's been days where we're having a conversation and we're deep into it. And, and it's like, Damn, it's like two in the afternoon now, and we've been talking for a couple hours. I'm not going to get nearly no. the shit that I wanted to get to, <laughs> but they're important yes, conversations they're important to have, conversations. and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, chapter six: Sex is dirty. Save it for someone you love. I love that comment. <laughs> um, and it, it goes in here and it talks about, uh, it, I don't want to say it derails, but it definitely kind of goes off on a little bit of a tangent. Mm-hmm. And it talks about um, uh, the American ideas about sex education. Um, and it goes on and it brings up the fact that, you know, hey, we've got, you know, we do the sex education mostly in the U.S. It is based on an abstinence uh, program, whether it's, you know, linked to... Uh, uh, religion or or not, and we have the highest teen birth rate of anywhere in the world, and it's just like this sucks. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah it ours does. I don't think is any better. I think it's no. ours is abstinent based. Too, right? Well, it, it is. So we had um, just recently in Ontario the the sex education program changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it it was teaching about transgender. It was teaching about. Uh, sexting and uh, cyber, inter- cyber sex, sex and, and all that kind of stuff. It was getting a lot better that way. And then all of that got kiboshed by the new government that was uh, voted in because they are conservative and they are more based on religion. It was more religious, yeah. And mm-hmm. so they now are teaching what they taught 20 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When none of this existed. And it's like, guys, you you got to stay with the times. Like it's, I know Logan cringes when we start talking about this stuff. You can just see the look on her face like, Mom, shut up. This is the last thing I want to talk about. I'm like, but the more you know, the better informed you are about sex and about your body, yeah. the better choices you're going to make. And you're not uh-huh. going to be in a situation misinformed about anything. Because yeah. my brother-in-law, he's never going to hear this, so I can say this, he grew up Mennonite. And that was not taught, not even the biology of the body was not taught. So when he left, he was completely and utterly clueless about even his own body. He didn't yeah. know because yeah. it was taboo to talk about it. And um, he just felt like an idiot. And now with, I mean, with their children, they're a little bit more honest than what he grew up with. Yeah. But they're still very 
religious and staunch about that. But with our kids, it's like, I grew up with a crude, foul mouth mother who talked about everything. Nothing was off the table with that woman. And still now, at 58. At the dinner table. Whoa, oh, yeah. I'm like, Mom, I don't want to hear it. Still embarrasses me. I'm 37. She still embarrasses me with the way that she talks sometimes. It's like, oh, woman, that's really. So Don't want to hear that. So that's how. Yeah, I, that's hilarious. So sex was never taboo. Sex was never a topic that was discussed only with adults or private or anything like that. So to grow up with a mom who was never, who never felt oppressed that way, mm-hmm. I got. I, I want that for my daughter. I. I was well informed. If I had a question for my mom, she would totally answer probably too much, but she would. And uh, so I felt that she did me a really great service that way by being completely and totally honest about sex and about my body and about other people's bodies. Like what the hell's going on? And yeah. So I feel like the more, more children know, and obviously you do it age appropriate. Obviously. Down and tell a five-year-old what's going on, but you explain body parts and you use technical terms and, you know, the older they get, it's it's a more it's become, even though it gets embarrassing for them, but it's like you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have to make this decision, and if you don't know, you might make a bad decision you're going to regret, mm-hmm. and that could have lifelong repercussions, like having a baby when you're 16 because you thought you couldn't get pregnant while you're on your period. <laughs> Or in a bathtub, or oh, yeah. standing up, or yes. one of the other a thousand things that we heard growing up that I still hear passed on really? today. When I taught wow. when I taught middle school, when it was time for sex ed, yeah, uh, I would overhear the kids from time to time. But then my brother was teaching across the hall, teaching science, so he was teaching the sex ed class, and I'd ask him, I was like, you know, so what all? stupid crap are you hearing from the kids and he starts listening and i'm like oh so the exact same shit we heard when we were kids so yeah it just it just keeps passing on it will it will never die you will always hear oh you can't get pregnant if we like i said have sex in you know a swimming pool or standing up or (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. The the pull-out method totally works. Oh, yeah, totally, dude, yeah. Four nieces um, because of yes, that. Yes, we do have four nieces because of that. It's... My sister just <laughs> did not learn. Well, um, yeah, I'll be honest with you. Uh, like I said, you know, I, of course, growing up in uh, Central Texas, being part of the Bible Belt, uh, mm-hmm. it, the sex ed was religiously based. It was abstinence-based. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it really messed me up. Because, um, I, I got, I got from it that, you know, you're supposed to wait, well, wait till marriage. So then we're not supposed to do anything. So I was also, I was very shy, number one. And looking back on my history, I'm like, yeah, I definitely should have kissed that girl. (laughs) And I just did not do it because I was so messed up. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, well, you know, granted, it didn't, it didn't just come out and out say, oh, well, you know, if guys, you know, have multiple partners, you know, you know, well, they're just boys being boys. And, you know, if you're a girl and you have multiple partners and you're a slut and it's just yes. like, yeah. now it's like, no, it's the same thing. You're both sluts or both it sluts. doesn't matter yeah. really either way, whatever, oh. who cares? <laughs> it's, it's, so. I, I am glad that she brought up the fact that she, you know, uh, had the difference of view because of how conservative North America is compared for sex yeah. compared to Europe. 
mm-hmm. or in Europe, it's safe sex is taught, and yes. everybody, you know, it's not a taboo topic, and they have a really low teen pregnancy rate. Yeah. Yes, and I fully intend to take that take that route with my boys. Yeah. It's going to be. Yeah. Listen, you know, uh, I, if you're going to do it, this these this be is safe. what needs to happen. Yes. Yeah. So be yeah. safe. Just be, be safe. safe. Just be safe. Because yes. Yes, the only the only conversation I ever had with my parents about sex was literally the night before I went off to college. Oh, really? <laughs> and my mom was like, "Just if you're going to do it, just be safe and wear a condom and and don't don't get anything." And I'm like, "No," I said honestly. I said, "I said if I get a disease, God, hopefully it wouldn't be something like you know major. But if I got something, that's on me." I'm like, "If I got someone pregnant, though, that that messes up my life and her oh, yeah. life and someone yeah. else's life. Like that's yeah. mm-hmm. that was my major concern." So yeah. I don't uh, think your parents ever talked to you about it. Nope. Um, they're very affectionate in front of you guys, and they're very affectionate as in cuddly and all that stuff. Yes. Yes, they show that they. But love each they other, but do no. not talk. That is an uh, like. So my sister in her 20s, even in her 20s, I'm just trying to think of the last time, in her 30s, uh, she had kids, but she wasn't married with somebody. If she was over at my parents' place, they weren't allowed to sleep in the same room because they weren't married. Yeah. Like it's. We couldn't sleep in the same bed even when we were engaged and until, living together. Until we were until married. We so we were, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we were. Like, because so, somehow living together and being engaged was somehow a magical barrier that we weren't going to, like, have sex uh, together. Right. So it's. <laughs> but marriage it, makes it different. Apparently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we've talked we've talked about that before. It's like, you know, there are people out there that are like, don't have sex till you're married. Don't have sex till you're married. Don't have sex till you're married. You're married. When am I getting grandkids? Yes. What? Like <laughs> no. seriously? Can I figure out how to do this thing that you told me that I'm not allowed to do first? Yeah. <laughs> Can we have a little fun with it maybe first? I don't know. So yeah. Like and a lot of body shame comes with that too when you oh, make yeah. stuff like that. Like you yeah. feel like you're wrong and you're freak when you have feelings mm-hmm. you know and arousals and stuff like that that yeah. there's something inherently wrong with you when it's like no dude that's super normal yes and fine, that's, fine. That's... <laughs> don't freak out Everybody... and see we've already had a a somewhat incident with this um one of my sons we overheard him telling uh his brother that you know don't 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 say anything to mommy about this and of course mommy <coughs> asked him about it and one of the kids in his class told him uh, about sacks, uh-huh. and that it's when a boy rubs his butt on a girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was very proud. Of it. We didn't. I was like, okay, well, we're gonna even sit down and have a conversation, mm-hmm. just kind of figure out how we want to tackle this. Yes. And she went about it exactly how I was hoping we were going to. And she's just like, you know, listen, uh, you know, this is, you know, don't. This is something we don't. We're not supposed to talk about in school right now. You know, when you get older, that it'll be different. Yeah. Um, number, number, you know, also think about who you were hearing this from. He mm-hmm. gets in trouble all the time. He doesn't always tell the truth. But if you do ever hear something that you don't know about or is, it seems weird or scary or gross or anything, come ask mommy or daddy. Don't feel bad. Just come ask us. Yeah. So um, she definitely started planting that seed of oh, yes. just ask. Like, 
as Logan, embarrassing as it might be, whatever, yeah, just ask. I'd rather you. Logan had an instant like that. She's got some guy friends who they're in the seventh grade. So imagine, imagine what you were like in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. You start figuring out what all these innuendos mean, and you think it's hilarious. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So she's like, "They're disgusting, mom." I'm like, "They're twelve, buddy. Like, uh, it doesn't get any better. Like, wow. you're just you're just beginning the journey of how." Does <laughs> how- she not listen to the show when Jennifer are on, and it's that's what she said? Jokes every other line. Yeah. So she was talking. She had a question because two of her guy friends were talking, and she's like. These kept saying this thing, and I think I know what it means, but I'm not sure. And you could see, like, she wanted to say it, but it kind of embarrassed her because she she did figure it's, out what it meant. It's she to didn't her want to mom. Say it. She's talking about it, and yeah. she's like, they kept saying like they were gonna beat their meat, and I started howling. She's like, what does it mean? And I told her, and she's like, oh. oh. She kept, I'm like, well, that's what it means, babe. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like I thought it might, but she's kind of like hoping that that's not what. (laughs) Yeah, but she, you can, her face was all red. She just, I think she was just horrified that they were. She's a bit of a, she's an old lady. She is a bit of an old lady. She's an old lady. Um, but it was just like, oh, boys, could you not think of something more mature to talk about? Like eating your meat. No, it's like yeah, it's not very eloquent, sweetie. But that's what they were talking about. But that being said, when I was growing up. Um, there was a girl that I knew that, uh, was very sexually advanced for her age. Yes. <laughs> she, because she was very, uh, forward with her thoughts and, mm-hmm. um, but that being said, she never, like she, I wouldn't be surprised if she's talked about ringing the bell with with other people because of just how she talked and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't have the relationship with my parents that if I heard that term, I would not be talking to them about it because you'd a, you would ask nope. your sister. <laughs> I would have talked to my sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she would have been honest with me, thankfully. But it's <laughs> she had a couple of friends that thought it was funny to talk about it around me because I got embarrassed very easily when I was a kid. So nice. Yeah. Um, some of the other things she talks about in this chapter, um, the hookup culture, um, mm-hmm. and there's a specific interview she does with with a young lady that's like, yes, you know, I'm 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 in college, yeah, <laughs> and it's super high stress, mm-hmm. and like everyone's like scared, both the boys and the girls, to be in a relationship. She's like, even though I think some of my friends might want a relationship, but they can't admit it. Like that's so weird to me that they're mm-hmm. like, no, being in a relationship is. That you're the weird one. Yeah. And it's just like almost like it's Yeah, it's like, yeah, so what we do is we just go get super drunk and just hook up with people and then have sex all weekend and then Monday morning it's like nothing nothing never happened. Yeah. And she's like, you know, it's one thing I thought once again, not judgmental, but she's just like, you know, I, I find it interesting that if it was just uh basically you know trying to fulfill that sexual need why did you feel the need to get drunk first like why not why not own it hey i'm i'm in the mood you're (coughs) a person let's let's go take care of this and it's like i was like yeah that that is an interesting way to look at that because i mean you know if that's what you want to do fine whatever please god just be safe don't keep spreading stuff but Yeah. yeah i just I don't understand hookup culture to begin with. Personally, I just, I, 
don't understand the the wham bam thank you ma'am kind of mm-hmm. attitude i personally can't separate the two right so i don't understand how people can go and have these one night stands and then that oh, and then still hang out with the person like it never happened and they yeah, yeah. that's the weird thing I, okay. I, I, it's yeah. like that, that happened things happened feelings transpired whether you wanted them to or not so you're just not going to talk we're going to just ignore okay and that's the other thing is it specifically said, you know, sometimes, you know, they're like, if, if someone started having feelings, yeah. then that's when it was like, well, then we have to cut this off. And she was yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Like it was a, yeah. I don't, yeah. <clears throat> it's wrong to have feelings about it. Yeah. <laughs> she was very interesting because she was young. She was like 21 or 22 or something like that, wasn't she? And she came from yeah. a very conservative East Indian background, didn't she? Were yeah. her parents in an arranged marriage or something like that? Or something? yeah, and yeah. she, and her mom was just like the way these kids treat each other. And I'm like, yeah. I wonder how widespread that is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. I wonder if that's more. I wonder if you find that maybe more in in more. Um, I want to say northern, but let's also say less conservative places. But mm-hmm. I mean, who who the hell knows? Like. Yeah, it would be an, it would be a very interesting case study to to do something like that in different colleges in different parts of the world to see if it's just this newer generation where we are more open to talking about sex and more open to talking about those types of things, uh, as well as you know if they've if all they've seen is um, some of these parents being open about how their relationship sucks. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. the divorce rates and all that stuff, they might yes. see they might see that relationships are just stupid, uh, stupid. Yeah. And they're and they're trying to avoid they're trying to avoid yeah. the heartbreak and the and the what they are viewing as, you know, detrimental parts of being alive. And uh, that's what and, and she brings that up specifically. She said it's like she's more secure investing her time, effort and energy in an MBA than in a relationship, yeah. and then that's when she drops the divorce stuff. And you have to figure. I mean, now granted, I look at it being about a fifty-fifty because, like, you know, I've got a master's, but I'm not using it. I know tons of people who have degrees, and they're not using their degrees or whatever. Uh, whether it be that they they are still successful in something, but they're like, you know, uh, like there's tons of YouTubers I follow, and they're like, yeah, I used to be a software engineer, and now I make props you know out of foam from video games and stuff and like that's their career and they're like i I, but i understand you know it it does seem like it's a safer bet to put your time effort and energy into a degree that you could feasibly have a long-term career with because when you look at the divorce rate it's not good no No, she said it was like 50% for first marriage mm-hmm. and 65% for second. For second, yep. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's not, a, that's not an encouraging statistic. No. <laughs> no. No. At and all. So, and I even look at, like, my niece, um, she's watching her mom go through some hard relationships, and uh, I love her, I, I, you know, both my sister and my niece. Um, but I, I'm watching my niece go through uh, some relationships, and it's almost like she she's even said where she's like, you know what, I I don't even know if I want a relationship because based on what, based I'm, on seeing. what I'm seeing, and it's like, yeah. 
that it, it's good in that it's honest that she's you know taking a look at her her life and her mom's life and she's kind of seeing all that in saying that she also doesn't see the whole thing because she only sees it from her point of view yeah and she hasn't been able to step outside of herself yet and see where my sister's coming from. And she won't um, be able to for a while. And she won't be able to for a while. That part of the brain just that doesn't develop until you're a bit older. So Yeah. Well, I want to again jump ahead to, to Chapter 10. We'll go back and, and hit some of the other ones, specifically kind of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shadow of the Third, Rethinking Fidelity. Um, yeah. um, and, and the reason I want to again jump to this one is because it talks about the fact that um, – you know, it, it used to be set up so that you have, um, well, like it, it was not unheard of, especially let's, let's go way, way back in time. Um, you know, you had, you had your wife and then you had your mistress and that's like how things rolled. And you yeah. know, on a, if it was a wealthier family, the wife, you know, would have, you know, a guy as well. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, the wife is for the family stuff and for all the other stuff, that's where you have, you know. And then we hit the sexual revolution, and it. And I never thought about this until she put it in the book. It really could have gone one of two different ways. The first way it could have gone was, um, well, now that you know women don't necessarily have to worry about being, you know, getting pregnant, um, you can have your side person, and now I can have a side person. But it wasn't that way. It we ended up going the other way, and it was like, well, uh, now neither one of us can, and yes. we're shutting that shit yeah. down. Yeah. And one of the biggest things, and I think when I figured this out, this was a huge help for me, um, you know, in my marriage. Um, And it's not, she kind of says it in this book, but I've heard it a lot in other books, but I I think it's relevant. So I'll bring it up. Um, This this idea, I think one of the reasons we have such a problem with divorce rates Mm -hmm. in, uh, well, everywhere is because we've moved to this idea that your partner is everything. Yeah. And that's, at least for me, I mean, there might be people out there where that works, and if that's that's it, great. But I am not that person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, raising the kids, doing home stuff, uh, you know, watching, you know, sitcoms or whatever, that's stuff that, that's me and Christy. My needs for geeky stuff, talking about geeky stuff, <laughs> stuff like that, Y'all feel y'all feel yes. that part of me. Yeah. When I need to go watch uh uh you know a superhero movie or or an action movie or something like that, I've got Lainey or Jennifer mm-hmm. or you know I've got different people that fill different parts yes. of my needs. Yeah. And you know when that stuff stays in balance, it's great. <laughs> and it talks about that. You know they're you know. Back in the back in the fifties, you know, the husband would come home and he'd have the wife or whatever, and then he on Wednesday nights that was bowling night when he'd go out and hang out with the and you know the wife would get with the other housewives and and discuss stuff and they were fulfilling those other needs. But like I said, we've moved to this idea that your partner's supposed to be everything. So and God, that is a lot of pressure to put on someone, lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a lot, a lot of, pressure. of pressure, but it's also they have to be everything right away. Yes. Like nothing's yes. allowed to develop and grow no. into. Yeah, maybe eventually that person does become your everything, but it is not going to happen on the first date, but even, or the second date, or th- or no. even a year or two in. It's going to take a long time. Yeah. For you to develop. But this, even yeah. after twenty years, years you're yeah. not everything. Because if I start, if I start to talk about sports, I glaze over. over I'm, out, I'm out. 
Exactly. Yeah. And it's something that I still need to talk about, right? Yes, it's, because it's a big yes. part of you. But yeah. I I think it's just a given for us that it's like, well, yeah, of course you're going to have people you talk to sports with because yeah. I don't like it. But I have people I talk other crap with because you yes. start glazing over it. So yeah. what, I, what I will say, what I think is still wrong, <laughs> this society that we're in, is that the person that I talk to about sports or geeky things shouldn't be a woman. I can't go out to yeah. dinner with another woman and have a fun relationship a friend friend yeah. right it's still a relationship but it's a friend but i can't do that right without being judged on oh my god you're cheating on your wife yeah mm-hmm. it's like no it's a different interest right it's it's something that we're talking about you know um like if i were to go out for a coffee with one of them and just talk about comics or sports or whatever it fulfills radiation, that need. Radiation, nuclear fission. Yes. Hmm. But it fulfills that need. But if somebody from the outside <laughs> of this relationship sees she that, sees that yeah. they'd be like, you're I cheating. Argue, and, I had an argument yeah. with somebody like that. She couldn't quite grasp it. I'm like, listen, when you get married or you've been together with somebody for a bajillion years, even if you're not married, you can't have a one-on-one relationship with somebody of the opposite sex or whatever uh, – you're homosexual or whatever you, you can't have yeah. somebody a friend like that where you just call up like i can, i have guy friends it's like i can't call up my guy friend and be like hey you want to go hang out i have to hang out with their wife yeah because you're going to be looked at as cheating and if you don't care you don't care and that's fine but that's yeah that's how it's viewed she thought it was ridiculous i'm like it is ridiculous i'm not agreeing with you is i'm it- just telling you how it is it's stupid it's more small town. Minded. Yes. And we live in a very small town where everybody but, knows everybody's business. But we still, but okay. So for example, you know, uh, when I dress up and go as a ghostbuster, mm-hmm. uh, 90% of the time I'm with Lainey. It yeah. says Stevens. It says more on hers. Yeah. And yet I can't tell you how many people say, well, how did you and your wife get into this? Yes. And it's like, well, technically she's my sister-in-law, even though she's technically my wife's cousin. But anyway, but it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't automatically assume just because we're together. It's like, yeah. well, like, you know, and my, and, but Christy even, Christy makes light of it even like, you know, she's, you know, I'll be like, well, I'm going to go watch, you know, I'm going to go watch a movie. Well, who are you going to go see it with? Well, you know, Lainey's going to show up. Or I'm going to go watch it with Jennifer or whatever. She's like, all right, we'll go have fun with your girlfriend. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So. But, and it, but it's nice that you guys are allowed to have mm. those, that interaction. Right. Uh, and, and, um, her and I are very accepting of that of each other. Like, uh, for instance, we went on a trip, uh, to, uh, Ottawa and it, so they're a friend of ours, Lee and Diana. They oh, are sweethearts, and and call it, you know we were, we've known them from college, college, and we were on this trip. And Diana and I are more of the drivers and navigators, and so she was driving, and I was up front navigating and helping with you know doing doing my part as the uh, co-pilot. Well. Chris and uh, and Lee were in the back, and they were we slept. They they fell asleep, and you know, cuddled into each other, and they're just hanging out. It was, out, a right? it was like, uncomfortable. It was so an uncomfortable. We're leaning yeah. against each other. <laughs> but who, you know, the, yeah. In any other type of uh, situation, somebody could have taken that the wrong way. We oh, sleeping. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, you know what? No, they're just they're friends. They're comfortable with the, with each other. Who cares if they? Yeah. I'm a hugger. I hug everybody. Oh, that's <laughs> like that's just my my. But one of her friends took offense to it because she oh, thought she it was, was 
I was yeah. going after her, right? And it's she like, was one of those people who always thought every man was hitting on her and every woman was hitting uh, on her husband. She was one she of those had people. some messed up views. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she'd yeah. always joke that she could never leave me and her husband alone because something would happen. I'm like, oh yeah, because this guy. Uh huh. We just we get we have a good rapport, but oh yeah, I want to go jump your. Sure. Jeez. So, yeah, but she was really she was super insecure about it. Yeah. So yeah. it's I think society needs to take another step forward and be yeah realistic with with those. Yeah, because I think it's in that chapter where they say about um uh the the third person in your relationship is the fulcrum in which your your relationship yes. balances, right? Which I thought was fantastic. It's like, yes, because it's not that that doesn't necessarily mean the mistress or the affair that you've had. It could be the the stranger you smile at down the street, you know, right. as you're walking or, you know, the, the delivery guy or the wait, whatever the teacher that you, you kind of flirt, flirt with, with a little or, bit or yeah. whatever. It's just those little, but it, it, balances it out for whatever reason it just balances out the relationship that you have back home because it's not it's not an intrusion on your relationship yeah because it's outside like you're outside of your relationship and yeah. you said uh um and i miss this part of the book there was a, an interesting uh since we're talking about the third person you said the missing piece. Oh, so yeah. that the the case study about the man who had the five year long affair with the woman, and even though he was married, and he had seen this th- the therapist at the time where his affair had broken up and his marriage was kind of going to shit, and he the therapist asked uh, the guy, he's like, "Why don't you just marry your mistress?" And he's like, "I'd be a disaster." Oh yeah, just be out. Oh, no, nope, mm-hmm. no. Nope. <laughs> And horribly, and he's what she said was that this woman, the mistress' name was Naomi. Naomi was the missing piece of the puzzle, but Zoe, his wife, was the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like she may have been that spark, or whatever that he missed from Zoe, but Zoe was his whole life. Yes. Right? He wasn't going to give up the puzzle just for the piece. For the one piece. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was really great. She's actually written a second book, and I've read it as well. And who knows, maybe we'll do it, you know, sometime down in the future. Uh, it's called State of the Fair, mm-hmm. and it specifically talks about that. And one of the things it brings up in that book is um, uh, the theory that men have affairs to to stay married, women have affairs to escape the marriage. And he, she's like, "That's not universal, yeah. but generally speaking, that's how it tends to be. It's mm-hmm. it's like you said." There's something missing in the marriage that the man will go out and look for yeah. to basically keep it. Everything else is here. Yeah. I just need this one little piece that's over here. Yeah. Whereas a lot of women are like, I, I need an escape valve. I need yeah. to get out of the monotony. And that's what this person is, is just mm-hmm. my escape. So yeah. I can go back into yeah. the monotony or whatever it is. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I, I could see that I, I'm, What's funny is is I I had an interesting day at work today in that um there was a lot of downtime waiting for the day to end because like I said it was it's the day before spring break. Yeah. So I put on uh uh in the background while I was doing other stuff Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah. I adore that movie. And I always think it's odd that I adore that movie because I dislike cheaters so much. And he cheats in that movie. And but yeah. by the end of the movie even though it's it's a pretty soft yeah, come together, but it's like I realize that you know I've I've hurt y'all and I'm sorry and you know can you forgive me and whatever. But anyway, um, 
but yeah, it, it's it, that's a whole other thing. Like I said, we may have to read that other book as well. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those interesting things that psychology to me does not is not like one of my big interests. Like mm. you know, people are stupid and weird and hard to understand. Yes, and it's like maybe that's why I gravitate to some of the other stuff that I gravitate to. Except when it comes to uh, sexual relationships and 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 couples, like yeah. for some reason that's the one thing that I'm just like that interests me. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, just to kind of step back. Uh, chapter seven: Erotic Blueprints. Tell me how you were loved, and I'll tell you how you make love. And it talks about how yes. uh, different. You know, she often will bring up like there was a guy in particular that you know. She's like, you know, well, tell me about your mom. And he's like, boy, you don't, you don't skip a beat, do you? Yeah. Just going right yeah. to the mom, like a classic. And she's like, no, you don't understand how you were, how you were loved as a child depend will influence how you love as an adult. Yes. And it talks about the fact that people who had loving relationships feel secure mm-hmm. and are okay to let the husband or wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever go do these other things with people of even the opposite sex mm-hmm. and they're okay with it. They're secure with it, but it's people who either were smothered and that's all they know is to smother this other or had no relationship, you know, like tend to go overboard and, and have difficulty with relationships. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely <clears throat> true. There was, there's this thing um, I heard it was, uh, I think I was a teenager. It was like, you know how a guy is going to treat you by how, by how he treats his mother, mm-hmm. right? Like how he treats his mom is how he's going to treat you because that's the relationship they have. And I, one of the case studies, I don't know if it was that chapter, but uh, one of the women um, grew up to have sort of this weird kind of disconnect between being a mom and being sexual. Mm-hmm. She couldn't do it mm-hmm. because her mom was like, no, you don't. You, you don't know, do that. You yeah. don't do that. Women are women who do that are the whores, and they're yeah. looked mm-hmm. down. And then she found out that her grandmother, who had ten kids, had never had an orgasm and didn't know women could. Yeah. Right. Like it was that blew my mind. I'm like, holy crap! Yeah. And all of that sex, you had to have ten kids. Not one. Wow. That's yeah. awful. Crazy. That sucks because at no point did she ever think that this was for her. Yeah. That woman, she thought like, nope, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is his thing that he's got to do. And I just have to endure it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on to chapter eight. Uh, Parenthood when three threatens two. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Can I just jump back? uh, Yeah. 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 Last chapter. uh, um, It was interesting about just that part. We watched a, a, a documentary, um, Free, so- uh, Free Solo. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's which really is uh, about the man that uh, climbed... Um, El Capitan. El Capitan. In Yosemite. And With no rope. Yes. And no by rope. himself. Incredible. It's, it's Absolutely stressful. incredible. He makes it. It's stressful to watch. Absolutely yeah. incredible. It won uh, an Oscar. It won an Oscar. Um, that being said, it, they do explore the relationship between him and his mom a yes. little bit. Yeah. And then him and his girlfriend. And it was very interesting on the whole. Uh, yeah. The way, he the way you're raised and how you, yeah. how you love will are, are correlated. And oh, yeah. You can definitely see that in that movie, too. So if, if you haven't seen it, go watch that movie. Sidebar. Uh, good movie, <laughs> but then you'll you'll see what I'm talking about there, yeah. too. So Okay. Yeah, it showed up on my Netflix key, and I, or, or, I'm, I'm sorry, on the Apple TV, and I'm just yeah. like, yeah. okay, yeah. So, <laughs> um, Okay, so like I said, Chapter 8, Parenthood, When Three Threatens Two. Yes. Um, 
Mothers get their fill from cuddling babies. Now I've read this. I've read this on uh, in other books as well. And it, she said specifically, you know, it's not. It's it is a need that's being filled that is not sexual. Yeah. It's the it's the cuddling part of sex for yeah. a lot of women that is being fulfilled from the baby. So yeah. it's like, well, this need is filled. Yeah. So I don't need to go f- get the rest of that from you know my husband right now mm-hmm. or unfortunately anymore yeah um let's see here um kids sap time and energy um some have sh- uh, uh difficulty shutting off the parent and becoming a lover and you talked about that and it 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 specifically you know there was a specific thing talking about how uh the couple would go you know they'd get a babysitter they'd go out to dinner or whatever they'd have a nice romantic evening and come home and they figured out that if she didn't immediately go to the bedroom and he take care of the babysitter that like she immediately went back into mom mode and was like, no, I don't, I am not turned on in the slightest. mm -mm." And, um, it's also a weird dynamic, like a weird thing where, um, for women, when we become a mom, we're supposed to become these June Cleaver chase wholesome, wholesome beings anymore. And any sexuality or any seductive part of ourselves has been locked away or in, has died. Like we're not allowed yeah. to be those people anymore because moms are these smiley sandwich making pure, pure mm-hmm. tonight kind of people. And we're not allowed to be those to be, to be the, what is it? Um, Madonna, Madonna during the day, whore in the sheet or something like that. Um, and with kids, I, it's, it's I like how she says most women because with me it was very different because with my daughter I had postpartum. So the last thing I wanted to do was hold her or touch her or cuddle her or anything for a good chunk of, mm-hmm. you know, the first year of her life. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until she got older that I was like, oh, I get that. When I didn't want to be touched anymore, not touched anymore, but it was like when I had two of them and they were both crawling on me, I was like, if another person lays their hands on me, I'm done. I can't Screaming. do it anymore. And it felt bad because yeah. it's just like I've had two little lion cubs literally crawl all, all over me all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to go lay in the bed and look up at the ceiling and pretend, you know, that, <laughs> that I don't exist that, for a few hours. I, I don't exist. Christy's had that. My mom yeah. specifically tells a story about how it was either me or my brother. And she's like, at one point, she's like, I remember having days where I just crawled up onto the cabinet just mm-hmm. so I couldn't be touched. Yeah. She was like, it was driving me insane. Cause yeah. it's a lot. Cause at the same time <laughs> you feel guilty for not wanting for anybody to be near yeah. you because mm-hmm. it's like, they don't know they're innocent. They're just little, but they are, they are emotion. They're, they're energy siphoners. Like yes. they'll just suck mm-hmm. the energy right out of you because they need it yeah. and you give it, but it's hard to know how to, replenish that when they're really little like when they're a lot older it's different but when they're little like that and toddlerdom holy crap yeah it's a shit show <laughs> yeah. well like i said like you know christy you know for quite a while i mean it, it still happens from time to time but for there was a long stretch where it was like all right it's awake time to go let me get the baby or the toddler you know because mm-hmm. they were a little bit older or whatever and you come cuddle with mommy and it was like well Obviously, I'm not going to get any cuddling because she's getting <laughs> the fill from that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, I understand that. So um, I related a lot to that where it's just like you get that physical 
need met just by hugging. And exceeded. Yeah, you get it in abundance. <laughs> And the last thing, and you don't need it from your partner, and it's a little, it's sucky for them because. Well, but vice versa too, right? There, there was get, times where where my fill was met by because I would help feed or you know whatever at, at night. Uh, I would I would help cuddle the kids to sleep, and I'd be out on the chair, right, like rocking them to sleep or whatever, and then pass out, right? I'd be done and. <laughs> So yeah, you don't. Both of them are snoozing in the in the in the recliner. In the recliner, yep. he's got the legs up, the kid's right on his chest. And See you he's later. Out, he's out. I'm like, oh, well, that's my night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the um, uh, and this is interesting, and I've 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 heard this and and thought about this from something else. I I, I want to say it was a different book that I read, that was like um kind of going against. It's it's almost like it's a counterculture thing going against what you were saying about how the idea of when you become a mom, then you're supposed to become all wholesome and everything else. And it's the specific um, genre of porn that's become very, very like heavily leaned on is the whole MILF, you know? And a lot of it I understand comes from the fact that just some of the porn stars are getting a little bit older and they're like, well, I can't be, I'm not I'm not the babysitter age anymore. Yeah. I'm more yeah. the mom age any you know. And I understand that may have come from that as well. But it's 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 like, well, yeah, just because you had kids doesn't mean you're not a sexual being anymore. You know, there's the one woman in the book that talks about how uh, you know, and it, a lot of it's a cultural thing. She's like, yeah. you know, the American men, like they see I've got a kid, they don't even bother looking yeah, at me. You know, okay. but the the German, the the Indian guy, the 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 Jewish guy that they're all like, oh, oh hey, like you're a little woman and you got a kid. Whatever. It's okay. People have kids and yeah. still sexy as hell. So Yeah. Yeah. Um which yeah. I have to say there's a lot of there's that's kind of one of the things that, you know, I, I think we're slowly but surely kind of engaging that. Like I said, the, the porn is definitely one way to look at it. But you also look at these women in Hollywood and stuff that have had kids and they're like, no, I'm I'm still dressing yeah. the way I want to dress because I'm not dead. Yeah, yeah I still get hay for it because it's it, it's almost as if, OK, you're a mom now. So if you want to be sexy, you're equally you're now a bad mom. Like you yeah. can't give into that sexual side of you because yeah. that immediately means that you're a bad mom. That's, and that's, yeah, that's, that's I, man. yeah. You're like, I'm uh, not a bad mom. I just, you know, I'm a human too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like I, t- I tell, uh, we'd go to lunch or whatever, me and some of the other married techs, we were at the time, the other guys weren't married. Now they are married too. But you know, we'd mentioned someone would say something or another about, you know, some good looking person and they're like, that's your man. I'm like, I'm married. I'm not dead. There's yeah. a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Blind um, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and then one of the other things, and I thought probably one of the biggest things out of this one and not to get too personal here, but this is one of the things that I think uh, Christy and I still have an issue with. And it's that uh, scheduling doesn't mean it's like scheduling has always been part of it. And especially for our relationship, we also started off as long distance relationship. Like she lived you know, three and a half hours away. So it was, I mean, yeah, we could make phone calls, but like anytime we were going to see each other, that was weeks of planning. There were a few spontaneous times where it was like, all of a sudden I have a Sunday off. I'm going to drive up there just because it's been several weeks. I haven't got to see her. Yeah. But for the most part, that stuff was planned out. And it's like, 
I understand, you know, uh, I've specifically tried to set it out so that every month we have at least a date day. And it just, we've not been good about it, especially in the latter part of the year. It's just like, it seems like stuff snowballs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's, it's, it, it's, we need it. We, you need to plan for this stuff and it it doesn't make it a bad thing. You know, it talks about a little bit later in one of the other uh, chapters that, um, you know, why do you equate, you know, because uh, one of the people was like, well, how how sad is it that what, what do you want me to do? You want me to put, you know, every Thursday night sex at nine o'clock in my Blackberry? And they're like, no, it, that is not it. You are you're creating a a a, a time for the relationship for you mm-hmm. and your and your partner. But it's also, you know, just because it, it's a set aside time doesn't mean it, it's not work. Like when did yeah. scheduling sex become Work. Oh, that was one of the other things that I thought was really interesting was when she brings up the fact that um, she asked the one person, she said, why why is it you think of all the things that your children need, parents that have sex is not one of them? Yeah. Because parent, unless they've both come to a point in their life where they're just not interested in sex, that usually doesn't mean that usually leads to other things happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, specifically them not being together anymore. So it's like yep. if you want the, if you want two parents for your kids, that kind of needs to be something that yeah. is yeah. an important thing. Yes, I used to be of the school like because we were, when we were long distance, it was like, well, when we're together, it's yeah. we're making yeah. up for lost time. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> once we started living together and things like that, I I personally was of the mind. I'm like, oh, scheduled. That's awful. You're just sucking the spontaneity and the romance right out of it. But as time's gone on, I'm like, that is the smartest thing anybody's ever thought of. Because it's a build-up. It's a it's a well, thing it, you look forward to. You yes, it's something you can day. look forward to, like you said. It's like it's it's becomes this wonderful sort of anticipation. And I am like a full proponent of scheduling it. Especially if it's if it's been a little bit and it's yeah. like, okay, we need to have maintenance yeah. time. Maintenance and is important. So- <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's a matter of sending texts and yeah. things that are a little more innuendo than you would normally. And, um, looks and looks and yeah, the, yeah, it's kind of like you're dating all over. Yeah, right. a little it's, bit. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think especially for couples who've been together for a really long time, it's oh, yeah. hard to keep things fresh and new it's so easy to get into a rut right because yeah. you get comfortable and a little complacent so scheduling it you're kind of like oh you know i didn't realize it was thursday so yeah. <laughs> but, what's going on but <laughs> you start dre- but, you know you put on a little outfit that kind of makes you feel kind of hot and get about yourself and that being said the knowing that it's okay that if it's a scheduled time and it doesn't happen and it's not happening there's no resentment yes that's mm-hmm. the other that's the other part that we yeah. both had to work on. Yes. That, so. Okay. Just because we said it was going to, and it wound up not that that's okay too. Yeah. Cause it was still a good day of flirting and just, Oh you know, yeah. Yeah. Doing all that yeah. Kind of stuff. that yeah. was good too. <laughs> and then it's probably the next day that's going to happen. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Cause of all that buildup. <laughs> oh, <there you> <laughs> yeah. Um, chapter nine of flesh and fantasy, uh, in the sanctuary of the erotic mind, we find, uh, a direct route to pleasure. And it, this is where it starts talking about how, Unlike under any other fantasy, just because you have a sexual fantasy about it, it it has no bearing on anything else. Now, of course, unless it's something that would be considered illegal or something. But going back to the whole thing of you know, because it talks about you know some of these women that are in there and they're like, 
I, you know, I'm a full proponent of being a strong, outspoken, independent woman. Why am I having fantasies about being tied up and and you know being just like multiple like cowboys in in that particular cowboys, fantasy? Yeah. What is it? And she's like, you know, she starts explaining it. She's like, well, number one, you're not really being tied up. Like yeah. this is what you want. Yes. And, you know, it's because you constantly have to keep telling your husband what you want to do. And in your fantasy, these you men know exactly what you don't even yeah. you don't even have to say it once. They know exactly what it is you want. And she's like, OK, well, that starts to make sense. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's one of those things. And it's you know funny. I've, I've read some other books and one of them was like, you know, uh, it was specifically talking about like things like um, uh, S&M play. And they're like, you know. Honestly, you, you may think like it may be the idea and not necessarily the act. You may be like, wow, this is really uncomfortable to have my hands tied up. I really don't like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it may be the idea and it has nothing to do with your day to day life. It has. And it's just that's one of the biggest hurdles I think we've got to get over. But I think, you know, even worldwide, though, that's still kind of a yeah. that, that's still a thing. It's like, well, you're into this. Then that means no, it doesn't necessarily mean you're in your any of these other things. You just. That's your thing. So your mind went. Yep. Hopefully like, you can find someone else that's into it too. Yeah, there's yeah. that. I think she put that case study in there where it was, I don't know if it was a girlfriend or a wife, but her partner had said his fantasies and she like thought was it was not interested, not interested okay. thought it was wrong and dirty. And so the therapist was like, well, what do you want? And so she told her and she's like, that's a fantasy. You know, like you want to be touched. You want all these things. You want that. That's your fantasy to have all these things. It's no different. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, because immediately if you have some sort of fantasy in general, it's sort of considered this dirty. Yeah, thing. it's like it's like cheating. It's, it's like, like cheating. Uh, well, that was the other thing too. Like uh, having fantasies about other women, she felt like he was being unfaithful. It's like those women aren't real. Like, yeah, it's not. He's not cheating. You didn't go out and do that. Mm-hmm. It's like dreaming. You can't yeah. control your dreams. Yeah. yeah. You just dream random shit. Fantasies yeah. are about, make about as much sense as dreams do. Yep. <laughs> it just happens, man. <clears throat> Did y'all ever watch um, that show Scrubs? No, never watched it. There's, a, there's this funny part in there where the couple, um, it, it comes out that the husband has all of his sexual fantasies are about other women. And they asked that someone said, does that not bother you that your husband has sexual fantasies about other women? She goes, Oh no, he has some freaky deaky stuff going on in his head. And I don't want to be part of it even in his head. So she's like, let it be other women. And I thought that was hilarious. Um, That's healthy that she can separate that and have no doubt about it. It's like, listen, if that's what he, I don't want to be part of it. Let those women deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. And think Even if time. it is just in his in his mind, yeah, yeah. In his head. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I always I, that scene always comes to mind whenever I you know when it, when I've read this part, I thought I always think about that part. So, uh, and it kind of goes. I think one of the big touchstones for that, going back to our conversation before the show uh, about friends, is the episode when they start talking about the list. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah, you know the the list of you know if People. if. Yeah. If this celebrity showed up on the doorstep and was like, I have to have you, you have to understand. It's like, yep, all right, cool. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Jason Momoa. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Climb him like a tree. Not even yep. ashamed to say it. Just, and you got to understand. I hear that. It's, yeah. uh, <laughs> See? <laughs> it's like, okay, well, then listen, you have to you have to figure out a way that you can get me hooked up with so-and-so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because the yeah. chances of that happen, And even if I ever met him, like I'd ever oh, be able she to would, get two no. words out, I'd probably run be away. hilarious. <laughs> I, you know what? I would pay to see it. Yeah, you see that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Be so bad. Uh, the last chapter in the book is uh, putting the ex back in sex, uh, bringing the erotic home. And it starts, It talks about spontane- uh, being spontaneous is a myth. Um, you have to make it happen. Just because mm-hmm. something is planned, scheduled, doesn't mean it, it's to work. And it, like I said, we've already touched on this a little bit, and it talks about that in other parts of the book. But it really does specifically – point out the fact that it's like, you know, even what you thought was spontaneous, like even if you were dating in the same city, hell, in the same building, you still were like, hey, let's go have dinner at Thursday, yeah. you know, on Thursday yes. night. And there was thought about what you're going to wear, where you're going to go, what you're going to do. And it's like spontaneous, you know, being spontaneous for the most part is a myth. It's yeah. yeah. So once that. you get over that, it will help you a lot. So Oh, yeah, because yep. then it sort of relaxes things and then you sort of, you can enjoy it more yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah knowing that so, you don't have to yeah. have this guise of spontaneity and then when the spontaneity stops that means something's wrong yeah yes right yeah so well overall that is that's pretty much the book and in, in whole what were your after reading it what what were your overall thoughts i know you said the the having the author read it was a little it's like a TED talk, which is yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, what, one last thing that uh, you kind of touched on at the beginning of, and that was like um, when when the sexual revolution happened, and you know you could have had you, you know these people could have had their mistress and Mister whatever. Whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know what the male version male of version of a mistress is, is whatever it is. Um, a mister. Yeah, a mister. Mister. Uh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> so. Uh, the interesting thing that came to my head was um, going back to another book was the Bobaverse. And uh, there was that species that they came across that liked to have a household of about five to seven. Oh yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. Uh, and it, it's like, yeah, I could have there. That's absolutely something that the human species could have done is gone down that route um, where you, you do have a group, a group relationship of many adults kind of, raising a group of children and you know looking way back in our history it's likely what had happened oh yeah i'm sure there were times where it was something like that or yeah yeah so um because there was safety in numbers there's safety in numbers and then you know if you're raising the group was who really cares which kid is which it's just you're raising them alive let's keep them exactly yeah going right so um society kind of changed that and society could have chosen that as the norm instead yeah um so yeah it's just an interesting because um you you do hear more about people looking to do uh the thruple like you're polyamorous polyamorous where you you have multiple adults in a relationship and it's as long as everybody's on board and as long as there's you know everybody's set on it there's no issue as far as I'm concerned. The other thing that I thought was interesting was uh, that we were talking about on the way home was uh, monogamy now is looked at very differently. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And and that was 
if one person, uh, you'd said it, one person splits. Oh, yeah. So the definition of monogamy um, is being with one person at one time. So a person who is married and gets divorced, then has a series of monogamous relationships, uh, and then gets decides after those to get married again is still considered monogamous they fall under the definition of monogamy if somebody who's been married for 50 years and in that 50 year time has one affair is forever labeled an adulterer so what's which one's worse which one's like what's right. the difference mm -hmm. and and then that brought me back sorry to bring it back to friends one last time <laughs> it brings me back to that uh that episode where joey finds out that his dad's cheating on his mom and he makes his dad confess to his mom and his mom comes up and is like what'd you do why did you do that it was working the way yeah. it was before i knew he had that other relationship it worked for us <laughs> because he was so attentive. attentive and loving when he came home from after being with her because he got what he needed from her and then mm -hmm. he came home and he got what he needed from me and so it was just an interesting dynamic that uh you know there are people that are there that that works for them and if it does all the power to you as yeah. long as as long as nobody's getting hurt, yeah, who cares? Yeah, that's, yep, yeah, that's the key thing. As long as no one's getting hurt, yes, yeah, Everybody whatever. Life's too short. Is, just be oh, happy. Shit. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad y'all enjoyed the book. Yeah, like I said I, I know it was a little rough at first, mainly due to the author reading, but uh, so. I get. Oh. I, I just viewed it as a TED talk, and it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I really thought that she was, like, anybody who's interested in, in um, relate like, relationships and different types of couples and just run the gamut from a very, I find a very objective um, third-party point of view, very non-judgmental. She's, this is great. She's amazing. I think for anybody that's looking to get into any type of therapy needs to listen to this person yeah. uh, because there is no judgment, right? Like, there's the you're she's looking at the, the we said yeah at the beginning yeah, like the we beginning. Said. looking at the people looking at the concerns of from both parties and again through no judgment let's find a solution together and and kind yeah. of those suggestions i think anybody that's looking into any type of getting into that type of therapy should try and see if 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 it, if it's for them this would be a good book to to kind of listen to so well yeah a great example of that was there's a sorry not to keep opening the book again, yep. but there's that <laughs> one part in the book where she's having the conversation there's the couple the the guy is all into the the gangbang porn oh yeah and and she like kind of deconstructs it for the wife and she's like she's a little more understanding but she's like that what you're seeing is not what he's seeing yeah and and it was and she's like and I never once suggested to him well this is wrong you shouldn't be looking it's it's like this is why he's looking at it yes, yes. And, and it has nothing to do with you and no. it's and what you're seeing you know what you're seeing is the physical representation of do, how do i measure up against this woman and it's yeah. like that has that's not really what it's about and mm -hmm. the yeah. fact that she never was was like you know well you're just a prude and or and you know and you're a pervert it was never that it was oh, like no. This is this is this is him. This is you. You, you know, maybe y'all can find a, a midpoint here. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can't. So yeah, and it's looking at that honestly. So yeah, yeah. She's so. good. Two thumbs up. Highly recommend. <laughs> 
Uh, well, that is the main topic for the show, or yeah, for the month, ladies and gentlemen. Um, our next book is going to be uh, The Authorities by Scott Meyer. Uh, <laughs> so we're going going back to Mr. Scott Meyer again. Uh, we're going to be going back to a uh, to him again in the coming months because the sixth uh, uh, book for the uh, Magic 2.0 series will be coming I out. So can't I'm, wait. I know. I'm sure we'll be reading that one as soon as it drops to do a review on. So who knows? Maybe we can even have Mr. Meyer back on the show. So um, in the meantime, have you all been reading anything else? Uh, I've been reading, well, we've been reading The Deathly Hollows with the kids. I think we're on like chapter eight or chapter nine. And then I've been reading still, it's taking me forever to get through it, is called The Courage to be Disliked. And it's, yeah, I find myself after reading self-help books, it's like, I need like a crap ton of fiction where I don't have to think too much (laughs) because it's a lot. Um, But it's a really, really interesting look at the exact opposite of Freud. So anything that Freud thought Alfred Elder was like, I'm going to say the exact opposite thing. And so it's very, very interesting. And it's really kind of makes you look at things a lot differently. And it's changed. It's because it's also about being truly happy. (laughs) And it's something that I think a lot of people, myself included, um, suffer with about not like you're happy, but you're not really like, like fully full body happy. There's always something for me. It's like, something bad's going to happen. So she's, she's always waiting for the balance of the universe to, like, to kick in. Kick right? in and... Like things can't be too good. Cause then the universe is going to come and level it out for you. So I, I'm yeah. a little bit there with you lady. It just yeah. seems like it's, it's always like, Oh wow. This awesome thing happened. Well, we're gonna shoot shoot drop. Thing. Yep. Yeah. So I have a hard time with that. So it, it, it's becoming exhausting for me to, yeah. to constantly feel that way. So this is sort of helping me at least not retrain my brain because pretty stubborn, but at least help me look at things from a different perspective to maybe change my, my overall opinion of the situation. She so, hates my perspective. So <laughs> I love it. I just, I don't know how to get there. It's, it's, I just can't. You grow hard. up with it. Yeah. And I did not <laughs> grow up with that at all, but it's a very good book. If anybody is looking to just sort of check out a different point of view about how to see things, it's nothing we'll, I've ever read before about how to, how to see things and take on life. So the courage we'll, to be just like, uh, Maybe we'll throw that out there sometime. Uh, yeah. Fiction first. I can't do another. No, no, not right now. Oh, it's not that <laughs> um, well, let me jump on the same train there. So since the last time we did the show, I actually I, uh, purchased the last two books in the Harry Potter series, finished mm-hmm. those, and actually, yeah, oh, I went back and reread this one again. But then I've started again, and I'm I'm actually on the Deathly Hallows. I'm not sure how far in I am, but I'm, I've started the Deathly Hallows mm-hmm. for my second you know, full run through. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then after our conversation on the other show, I got to looking up how to make butter beer. So that may be something that happens. <laughs> um, so yeah. Good. Needless to say, um, um, I, I'm, I'm greatly enjoying the, the Harry Potter books. Oh, like awesome. I, it's one of those things I figured I would. And, yeah. and now that I've gone through them, I, you know, I, I, I'm definitely enjoying them. So awesome. And That's I, a great, I felt that the books just, if you enjoyed the movies, it's just oh, so it makes the much. So oh, much. it makes so much more. So, because like last night, for example, I started watching. I've seen all the movies as well, but I mean, they mm-hmm. didn't really hit with me. I'm rewatching the movies. And I understand, even at two and a half hours, they still have to cut out a lot of the book. Yes, but there's there's scenes, and they they do 
you know, tip a hat to certain things. So, for example, when the kids are running through the, you know, they're trying to hide from Filch, there are scenes where they run into the cat and they're just like, oh, no, it's the cat. Let's run. And if you haven't read the books, you're just like, it's a cat. Why are y'all worried about the cat? Mm -hmm. And but if you've read the books, you understand, oh, the cat belongs to Filch and reports to Filch and will tell exactly what's going on. So it's like, okay, you know, so. Now have read the books, watching the movies, I'm definitely getting a lot more out of them. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just had a thought. Mm. Well, uh, have you watched um, the second, the Crimes of Grindelwald yet? No, I have not. I, I'm, I'm going to go through all the Harry Potter okay. books, and then I'm going to go through the, the Fantastic Beast. So you do know that uh, Nagini is a human, no. <gasps> Booby! It's not a spoiler. No. They, they no, don't. that's interesting. Oh, oh she is a she, maledictus. A mal- yes, it's She's not maledictus. a spoiler by any means. No, so is it in the Deathly Hollows? It was all over the place for the... Uh, oh, for the promotion. For the promotion. That oh, she well. was Nagini. That was a whole thing. She's Sorry, a maledictus. Anyway. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So, anyway, uh, I now have a theory about Filch's cat. She's Benedictus. Yes. It would make sense. Because she's Mrs. Norris. Yep. Maybe Mrs. Norris was human at one point. Maybe it was a human that got that disease. Uh, There you go. She was born with it. Born with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry if I... It didn't ruin anything other than... No, it didn't ruin anything. It just actually, it adds some more now that I'm... Now that, like I said, I'm reading The Deathly Hallows, I'm like... Yes. All right, I may have to, like, I'll be trying to, like, pick up on that more. Yeah, because it definitely seems. I mean, and it talks about the fact that how you know why is his link so much stronger? And of course, the idea was well, it's because you know he turned the you know Nagini into one of one of the one of the Horcruxes. Yes, but it, that makes a little more sense. So. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, there is that part which I thought was pretty interesting. And then yeah, this Mrs. Norris would uh, would be that. There you go. Just throwing it out there. Nice. Just saying. <laughs> Um, well, that is it our show, ladies and gentlemen. If you would, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. It does help out a lot. Uh, we'll be doing a new episode of our uh, uh, other shows this coming weekend, probably. Hopefully. We'll see. Uh, just kind of depends on the weekend goes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we'll be doing another episode here very soon. And then next month we'll get another episode of them. Uh, uh, sustainably geeky as well. So, uh, you can find us at epicallygeeky.com. You can also find us at epicallygeeky on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, definitely check out the site because you can find tickets to uh, EGX, Epically Geeky Expo, coming Woo! up here May 17th through the 19th. So, if you're in the central Texas area, we'd love to have you stop by. Um, <laughs> where can we find you on the internet, Ray? Uh, go find uh, the Reluctant Yeti on Instagram and Twitter. I, I am on Twitter as well. Um, mostly hockey stuff on Twitter, but that's okay. So it's all good. <laughs> Chris, where can we find you? Uh, here, epically geeky, sustainably geeky, um, and on Instagram at Cedar Birch Cottage. And as always, you can find my individual wacky adventure online at Optimachine on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site. Have a good night. Good night.
This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 